0: Welcome to the podcast, Working with Children and Young People. It's hosted by me, Dr Kay Calver. In each episode, I will be joined by a special guest to explore different career options relating to working with children and young people. We will also explore current issues facing the sector and offer top tips for achieving your desired career. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm joined by Charlene, who discusses her role as a holiday activity and food programme coordinator for a local council. Charlene studied a BA Honours Childhood and Youth degree at the University of Northampton and secured a place on the Local Government Association Graduate Scheme, also known as the National Graduate Development Programme. Charlene reflects on being a mature student and her career change from the finance sector to children and young people's services. Charlene highlights the value of her work placements for securing her role and the importance of knowing your own values. Hope you enjoyed the episode. So, thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me today, Charlene. Um, So, for context, we met at the University of Northampton when you were studying your BA Honours Childhood and Youth degree. Um, So, today you've kind of been invited on to talk about the job that you're doing now. But in particular, you did a graduate scheme, which is fairly rare for someone that studied childhood and youth. So should we start off with kind of what you're doing now and then we can track back? So what would you say your job title is currently?
1: So my my job title is quite unique, is in the sense that I always joke it doesn't mean anything outside of the London Borough of Barnet. So my <laughs> official job title is a Base coordinator, spelled B A C E. Um, base actually stands for Barnet Active Creative and Engaging Holidays. Hence, it doesn't mean anything to anyone outside of the council, um, but it's known more nationally as a holiday activity and food program coordinator, which is a a, a specific role um, that was created as part of the Marcus Rashford scheme um, to support children with the food holiday program.
0: Okay, so. Let's let's break that down then in case people haven't heard of it before. Sure. And you mentioned um, Marcus uh, Rashford. Yeah. So h- tell us a bit about like the origins of what you do and kind of, you know, what does that what does that look like? or What does that mean if you kind of move away from the title?
1: Yeah. Um, so the whole programme started as a result of Covid, which you know, like I said, feels a million miles away, but actually wasn't, Um, whereas it was identified that children weren't able to access um, hot meals because they were being educated at home. And then that kind of posed the question as to what happens to these children during the school summer holidays when their only hot meal they're getting are are at school. Um, So obviously, Marcus Rashford has been recognised in the media and by local government and and central government um, in relation to campaigning to ensure that children are getting hot, healthy, nutritious meals. Not only um, as part of their school dinners but as also um, having access to that during the school holidays also. Um, so what actually happened was um, like I said as a result of Covid, uh, children and young people were having access to meals that were being sent to them um, and then some children were accessing um, holiday activities for safeguarding reasons whether that was children in need or children on child protection plans and things like that um, just to ensure that um, they could be kept um in the system that you know there was no safeguarding concerns at home and things like that um so since then it's progressed that was a pilot program that took place a couple of years ago um and since then we were funded for 3 years that started in 2021 it rolled over to 2022 and 2023 is the um no, apologies. Pilot was in 2021, 22, 23 and 24 of the three year spending that we've been given. Um, and we're just waiting to hear back from central government if it's something that will move past that, that point. Um, but overall, the idea of what I do, back to the point, is <laughs> um, to coordinate activities um, that involve physical, enriching and creative and engaging camps for children to access four hours a day for a minimum of four days a week, um, in the winter holidays, uh, again in the spring holidays, and then they incorporate that for 16 days in the summer holidays, um, with the idea of, like I said, them having access to a hot meal as well as as well as some kind of physical exercise or physical activity, um, and most importantly, always say fun <laughs> as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the the main point of it, isn't it? That yeah. It is something that's kind of engaging for them, fun, stimulating, something that they're going to be enjoying doing. So just to understand it a little bit more, so you're not necessarily delivering these sessions with the children and young people. You're kind of the step back from that in the sense of you're organising this, you've kind of got the oversight of what's happening, when it's happening and kind of what what's being designed and delivered on particular days.
1: Yeah, so yeah, and, and mainly the reason for that is, is because we have a target of between 16% to 20% of all free school meal children accessing the programme um, over like a so 16 day period and, and in winter and summer over a four day period. So that equates to somewhere in the region of read to four and a half thousand children accessing the program so it's just not physically possible for me to to actually deliver the program um so main part of my job is actually a commissioning role so um I advertise for existing providers um that run holiday camps whether that's after school clubs or any kind of wraparound care dance football circus skills you name it we offer it um and then my job is kind of like to vet them to make sure that they can provide all the elements that that meet the the half criteria the holiday activity food program criteria and then um to ultimately um coordinate the 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 days the times in which they're delivered to then advertise on the website i do a lot of media work as well so i work really close with our comms team and um, we have a booklet that goes out three times a year um, each one is themed and within that it will have information about the program delivery but it also give additional information in relation to you know, how you can support families with healthy lunches that are on a budget and um, we work with public health teams so information surrounding um, oral care like tooth care for children and um, vaccines and all those sorts of things so the idea is that we use this program as, as, as a council-wide project even though it's based in children and family services we use the program as a council-wide project to get our message across to to families across the borough about what support is available to them as a whole so a lot of fingers and a lot of pies so to speak so how long have you been doing the job charlie so this particular role i have been doing it oh you're gonna test my memory now um i have been doing this is my second summer so i believe i've been doing this role officially since April of last year so just over a year officially in the role but prior to that I joined in October before that um, as part of my graduate scheme so I initially did three months as a graduate on this program and then April um, I officially became a full-time member of staff
0: Okay, so that's a a great little segue into the graduate scheme. So it's got a really catchy title, hasn't it? I'm feeling a a running theme here around your job. So can you tell me what the title of the graduate scheme is in case anyone would like to look it up?
1: Yeah, so it's the LGA. So it's the Local Government Association Graduate Scheme. Um, It has another name which has fallen to the wayside for now i think it's the ngdp ngdp um but yeah the purpose of of the graduate scheme is is to support people to um to gain access roles into into local government basically um uh yeah and it's it's varied as in the sense of when you apply for the scheme um you're not assigned to a particular council um it's actually part of the interview process that you go through um to actually um if you're successful you get i believe an option of up to five councils that you can suggest you want to work with um then they your information is then shared with them and then they choose if they want to interview you. So um, I think I chose five. And then again, from memory of such a long time ago now, um, out of the five, I, I believe I had an interview with two or three. Um, and then yeah, I was I was offered the role at, at Barnett, so I was, yeah.
0: So what made you, so A, how did you find out about this graduate scheme? And then B, what made you want to apply?
1: So I actually found out about the graduate scheme when I was at the Waterside campus. Um, it was one of the job fairs. Um, I think it was actually Wendy at the time that had sent us out to like, oh, there's a job fair, during lecture, go um, and find out some information and come back. Um, and I went and it was really funny, actually, because it was just one guy sitting on his own, actually nothing like the rest of them had like loads of materials and loads of visual aids and stuff like that and I just saw him like this little stand it was barely next to nothing and I thought oh you know no one's really approaching him And he, he, you know there's nothing visually there for me to to find out what this program's about so I went over to have a bit of a conversation and that's when he advised me oh it's national development graduate program to come back to me um that he was actually a graduate and that he was on the scheme and that he'd been sent there to kind of promote what it is that they offer um so I just took a moment to think about it and leading up to that I kind of joked with you and and the other lecturers about potentially getting into local government to potentially have the view of being a a local councillor and not actually working for the local government per se um but, yeah, I, I, I kind of mauled the idea of, like, you know, if I am eventually going to go on to want to represent a constituency... Um you know and and have a surgery of my own then maybe the best way to understand how it works as a whole is to do that from the inside out Um, and also as part of my future goal which is to eventually set up my own social enterprise um, I knew that it would involve some commissioning with the council so again I, I had that whole view of like let me understand how the council works first before I go off and do my own thing and then if I do eventually have my social, uh, you know, my own social enterprise, I know kind of the ins and outs of commissioning and how that kind of works and, and then the relationship you need to have with the council. And then, you know, maybe later on in life, if I become a local councilor, I know how that relationship works with the council. So that was my perspective. I was thinking long term rather than short term.
0: Yeah, quite a strategic decision there then in terms of like really looking at kind of like what kind of experience you'd be able to gain in this role and how it would be able to kind of like transfer and and support you in kind of that longer term vision. I remember the, yeah, my mum always used to joke, if you can work for the NHS or a council, you're sorted. So yeah, it seems to be quite a secure (laughs) job, something that's relatively well-paying. Yeah, yeah. So um, I remember when you were going for the graduate scheme that the kind of interview process was pretty full-on, um, and I've had students that have applied for it since you went for it. So can you just give us a little kind of summary of, so from finding out about it at, you know, a careers fair to getting on it, what what happened in between there? What was the application process like and how? what was your experience
1: of it? It felt like I was applying for MI5. It was, like, the longest... <laughs> process I'd ever experienced in my life and considering I've worked for like major banks and things like that it was still harder to get onto this program than it was to work for a bank um so initially it starts with um you, you you make an application online and from memory I think they've changed it actually to make it a bit more diverse and a bit more friendly but when I did it initially you had to do some series of like online tests um, I kind of want to describe them as like personality tests to a certain extent, um, really to kind of like engage on, I suppose, like, um, your level of understanding of the world in general. And, and, um, I, I remember one of them was asking me like information about, oh, it was something really obscure, uh one was like patterns I think and then one was asking me like to read a a summary of information and where would it fit within the council um and to be fair I didn't actually know the answers if I'm being completely honest I think I just used a bit of common sense you know if they if they mentioned anything to do with um communications then I'd take the marketing department and if they mentioned anything about finance I'd take commissioning or something like that so I, I really just used my common sense to kind of get through that stage which really surprised me um so that was the the initial stage and then after that the second stage was to do a interview, but the interview was with a screen. So um, they send you a link, a video link, and you log on and a question pops up and you have about I think you 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 like time limited. I think it was like three minutes to answer the question, and you're just staring at yourself with a question. Like there's nobody there to interact with you. Um, I think they give you like two, two or three goes or something in case you're like looking them away or something happens. Um, and there was just like yeah, serious questions about again more more about me and about my values and why I want to do the project and and what it is that I think I want to bring to the local council um and again just a bit of my understanding so you know what was i passionate about and where would i fit in um like what type of role would i be looking to fit into that was the second stage then the third stage was a visit to westminster um whereby not parliament um but just the offices there where um gosh you go for a whole day of tests um which includes a group test so they give you a scenario and then you're expected to you know not argue your case so much but i remember they were giving me some sort of scenario about what would be best for the local residents in relation to are we putting up a multi-story shopping center are we going to offer a festival like a way to kind of like generate income for for the residents but also the effects that it would have And you all get given these different scenarios and then you have to kind of put your point across data to to other people and then come to a consensus as to what's going to be the best option. Um, Then there was a written element of it where you had to, um, I think it was like, type up some notes about a commissioning report or something, which was again time-limited, which to be fair, neither of those was actually my strong point. My strong suit was when I had to um, give some kind of presentation, um, a solo presentation, which related to uh I remember this now it was a homeless person uh, there'd been an incident with someone who was home no that was it they they were wanting to set up a community group had come to us wanting to set up a homeless shelter in a um fairly affluent area of the borough and um we had and then there'd been an incident where someone had been stabbed or something like that and local residents was concerned about the effects of having this homeless shelter would the impact it would have upon them if it was to take place and how do we kind of deal with that so um I was really fortunate actually that I was as part of my university degree and on my placements I was working in a homeless shelter because I'd done placement there and I got a job there um so that that tended to be my my strongest suit in relation to that because I'd already had that experience of working with people and I knew what kind of questions that I needed to be thinking of so it was definitely an element of like self-reflection I had to put myself in the in the position of those that were homeless needing to access shelter I had to put myself in the position of the residents that lived there that was worried about crime and, and things like that but then I also had to put my uh council head on as, as in like you know how do we deal with the relevant the the the, the residents concerns because they are real and genuine concerns but we need to think about what's best for for both parties so yeah but again it was horrendous it was the longest day of my life and I remember thinking I remember sitting in in that initial interview room and and they're saying oh what's your name and what you knew you from and I was on my table it was it was predominantly white men anyway and they were all like 10 years younger than me and they were like yes my name is Whatever, and I I'm, I'm go to Oxford and I go to Cambridge and I go to King's College and stuff like that. And I remember sitting there in the interview thinking, I'm not getting past this stage, you know, with all these young men, you know, that come from like, you know, these really well established universities and, you know, and people studying the most obscure things like politics and English literature and things like that. And I was thinking, you know, I'm never going to have a chance. And I, I got call back. So, you know, and, it's not for the faint hearted kay that's what i'm saying i know I, when i applied there were 6000 applications even before that the initial stage by the time i got to that westminster stage they'd narrowed it down from 6000 i think to something like less than 500 people at that point so
0: yeah you did you did so incredibly well and i remember you coming back and telling me about that story about you being sat there with what you felt like for a room full of you know
1: very you know middle class <laughs> definitely definitely definitely. and that was that wasn't even the final stage actually so sorry that was that bit and then after that they got it down even further by like I said having me write this whole scenario about choosing five councils and having to write a letter that had to be specific enough for the council to know you were interested in all five of them but generic enough to to cover all your bases. And you had to say, why is it you wanted it to work there and all those sorts of things. And again, why you were passionate about working for local government, that was that stage. Then the final stage was interview. <laughs> but you did it. I did it. You got yeah. there
0: and look at yeah. you now. So you said when you first started on the graduate scheme, it was a kind of like a first three months. So was that kind of like quite a generic introduction slash kind of overview of the different services within the council or did you have like a really like specific role within that
1: oh yeah so the first three months was the hardest was it three months So no, six months the first six months was the hardest um because you come in and you get and again this all happened during covid so I literally had to come in for one day one day come and get my laptop have an introduction to everybody um in a room where you're like however many meters apart from everyone mm. else with the other graduates so it was six graduates, i think five graduates sorry in total um and that was a whistle stop tour of the council in one day um and then it was to go home and start hybrid working well not even hybrid; it was working from home you were not even allowed to go in the office um and i remember my first role was in projects, commissioning projects or something like that. Yeah, programmes or project services or something, which couldn't be further from, you know, initially what I thought I'd be doing, because obviously now, even though I'm a coordinator, I practically am a project manager to a certain degree, um, but more in the thick of it rather than on the outside of it. Um, And I remember thinking, what have I done? Like, why the hell have they put me in this team you know like it's nothing to do with my degree background it's in corporate services it's not in family services not in ads office it's not any kind of services that i'm familiar with um it's very policy driven and 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 yeah all the things that i disliked and i remember thinking oh my god how long am i gonna last in this role as a whole um but it's really funny as time went by I still don't fully understand that role and I'd never go back to that team if they ever offered it to me but it was a real opportunity for me to learn what I don't like and what I do like and what my strong points are what my weaknesses are and I've kind of taken that throughout life like sometimes you have to do jobs that you don't enjoy to actually say I've tried it and I didn't enjoy it and it's not for me and I won't go back there but you know I I will never have a what if what if I worked in corporate services would I enjoy it or would it be something that's right for me i did it and it wasn't right for me but i still learnt some skills that i use in my in my current role today so
0: and yeah and i think that's a really important lesson isn't it that actually yeah sometimes we might not always enjoy it but it's trying to find the learning from that so as you say seeing it as a valuable learning opportunity to kind of you know include or kind of discount you know what you do or don't like doing Um, and kind of trying to find your niche and your passion in terms of what you want to actually do so for your role you it's obviously a graduate scheme so you need to have a degree so you need to have an undergraduate degree was there any other kind of criteria in there uh, that's kind of worth highlighting or sharing in terms of things that you might have needed in terms of qualifications or experience given that you said that when you went for that day at Westminster, it's quite, it there was people from really varied backgrounds in terms of what they'd studied. Um, maybe the qualifications and experience wasn't p- particularly um, kind of narrowed
1: down. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it was so um, working in London, it was some kind of <laughs> <laughs> emergency service. So yeah. Was there any
0: other kind of qualifications or experience that were kind of noted when you applied, apart from having a degree?
1: I wouldn't say when I applied there was anything really noted as such. Um, things that did go in my favour um, based on the feedback that I got was the fact that I was a mature student and a lot of graduates that go on to these programmes aren't mature students, they are fresh out of university. So it does go to show you whether you know, you've literally just left uni and just left school. Um, you know, or you've waited 10 years and gone back like me, it didn't make an actual difference. And if anything, like I said, I probably did go in my favour because I had a bit of life experience behind me. Um, the other thing that I felt, again, that, that came back in the feedback was the fact that I had those placements. Like I said, I feel like that that last element of the interview that day, because I'd been so fortunate to have an, a, a relevant placement that I could refer back to, that really, really helped
0: and so, just to clarify, so that that was your placement in a homeless shelter, wasn't it? That was. Can you yeah. can you kind of just elaborate a little bit more on that experience?
1: Yeah, so that was my placement working for the Hope Center, um, which, like I said, ended up being my full-time role anyway. Um, and within that, um, it was it. <laughs> within that the the idea of the role was to really understand the effects of you know children that had experienced that's not what i took for children that have experienced some sort of trauma and the life outcomes of those children so when i was doing that role i had real opportunities to speak to people and really understand what had happened in order for them to then find themselves in this position because they weren't homeless in the sense of you know other people that have fallen on hard times these are people that had serious issues whether it was drug misuse issues whether it's domestic violence issues um whether it was the fact that they were news to the country um you know all sorts of kind of trauma that they had experienced as young people had resulted in, in what they were doing um so yeah i did i did that like i said as a placement and also went on to, to have a full-time role um with them um and again i think it was just the fact that um I came to I came to that role with with a, a non-judgmental attitude with treating everybody the same you know really wanting to hear their stories and get to know them but also having conviction to say no to people sometimes because the philosophy at the Hope Centre is a hand up and not a handout. So there were times where you would have to be quite stern and say, you know, no, you can't have this or no, I cannot provide this. But what I can do is I can support you to provide that for yourself or I can give you the tools and the skills to to enable you to do this outside of this setting. Um, So, yeah, like I said, I definitely feel like the placements that I did when I was at uni made a massive difference to my understanding of people as a whole, to understanding of a greater sense of empathy when it comes to working with people um and also like I said having the conviction to be able to say um you know this doesn't fit within the values of the organisation or it just doesn't fit within my own values and then therefore I can't fulfill everyone's needs wishes and whims because that's not how life works so so
0: if I remember it right before you came to university and did the childhood and youth degree you weren't working in a relevant sector were you? you? mentioned that you were working in banking, is that what you were doing before you started your degree?
1: Yeah literally before I started my degree I was working at Barclay Card, um, prior to that I'd, work at, I'd worked at Nationwide, I spent From the age of 17 give my age away now and from the age of 17 up until when i started uni when i was 29 working in the corporate sector um in a lot of customer roles not customer facing a lot of telephony roles um, so I'd always had the experience of working with people, um, whether that was customer complaints, whether it's mortgages, whether it was insurance services, things like that, debt management, you name it, I'll probably do that. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd always had that, you know, that drive to want to help people and work with people. Um, but I just didn't think that the corporate sector was right for me um because again it doesn't necessarily always align with my values um and the the things that i believe and and it's very driven by numbers rather than people Mm. um as a whole which which it has been because that's how it works but it's just a capitalist society but yeah that wasn't for me I'd, i'd rather be taking the time and, and, and putting the effort into an individual rather than thinking, oh, I've been on this call for six minutes now and my line manager is going to be wondering what I'm doing. But, I am, you know, I had customers that... I had a particular customer, actually. I'm not going to say where it was. I had a particular customer that wrote me a letter once saying that they were struggling and after speaking... They were struggling and contemplating taking their life and then after speaking to me, they felt like they could breathe again. And it was little things like that in the corporate sector that made me realise you know and I probably did get told off for being on the call for two way too long that day but it made me realize I have I have an aura about me that that needs to work with people that needs to support people and like I said you can't do that in the corporate sector because it Mm. would have been you've been on that call for 30 minutes it wouldn't have been you know you potentially saved someone's life it's you've been on this call for 30 minutes you've missed four or five calls in the meantime so yeah
0: and kind of seeing that you've had that impact on someone's life you know it's it gives you a real sense of purpose in terms of of what we do um for our jobs and you know we're at work for such a large part of our lives that you've got to feel passionate about what you do and feel that that you're actually making a difference so your kind of first experience then working with children and young people was on your degree yeah so you did placement centered around um people that were homeless did you do any other different placements or did you do the homeless shelter for all three years
1: no so that was my last placement that was my last placement um my initial placement was working with children um I don't know if I'm getting this in the right order I think I am um my initial placement was working with children that were transitioning out of care
0: yeah
1: so I think it was like 16 to 25 year olds round about that age group um and that's the first time I'd worked with young people uh in in that setting I had done some volunteering leading up to uni so I didn't I, I and I say volunteering because it was like an hour or two hours a week I think for about three months before I went on to my degree because I thought I really need to know if I if I like kids <laughs> in that sense I didn't have any of my own at the time so I was a a a, um, a beavers and cub scout leader but like I said, for two hours a week, for three months. And it, it didn't go past the sleeping outside. After they asked me to sleep outside, I never went back. I was like, no, this is actually <laughs> that's not the line. The yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's not for line. me. And I think it's a big part yeah. of the role. So I kind of had to politely step away. Um, so yeah, I had that, like dip my toes in the water, make sure I actually liked working with children, because I knew it was going to be a big part of, of potentially the degree I was about to do. Um, and then, yeah, this is when I got to work with that cohort that I always thought would probably be my ideal cohort. 16 to 25, um, you know, just at the the brink of becoming young adults, um, which was a really interesting project to work on. Um, it was a really op- real opportunity for me to um, again f- understand young people that had experienced some sort of trauma, um, to develop relationships with them, um, to 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 make me feel like I was doing something worthwhile because. I, I had the opportunity to lead, again, I just fell into project management, um, I had an opportunity to lead a, 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 an eight to 12 week programme where the young people would, it was called the, the empowering programme, uh, and, and the young people would take part in a series of activities over a period of time. Um, with the understanding that they're gaining something out of every single session so we and I, and I managed to actually pull in some of my friends to support me as well that I work in other industries so um I have friends that are like makeup artists and hairdressers and we did a nice session where they got to feel really nice about themselves and and they learned about using hair and um, different hair products and, and different makeup products to you know and also how they could use that in a professional setting so when they go for interviews and stuff like that, how to look presentable and not overdone um and then we did a gym session and then we included incorporate incorporate some healthy eating from that we did some sex education stuff as well like being confident about talking about sex and our bodies and things like that so that was a really amazing program and I'm really proud to say I don't know if it's still going but I know when I left uh, I started the pilot and they continued it so whether that's still going today, I don't know, but I know it continued after I left. So I was really proud to say that, that happened for me. And then my other role was working with children and young people again. Um, age bracket was between 11 to 17 i want to say um and that was in relation to um alcohol and substance misuse um but that was an early intervention program so there wasn't at the stage where they need rehabilitation it was at the stage that maybe they'd been caught with um, illicit items at school or parents were concerned that maybe their child was drinking and again i kind of acted as a, as a bit of a, like a support mentor where I'd go into schools or I'd meet them out and, and speak to young people about, you know, what are their triggers and why are they doing what they're doing? And, and you know, it was all about supporting them to make conscious decisions. Um, my job was never to tell anyone, anyone off, you know, about what they'd been doing, but more about thinking about what they'd been doing and, and the effects it was having on their body and the effects it was having on their relationships and things like that for them to, to make informed decisions moving forward.
0: And you can see that even though they're three very different placements that you did you know that would must have really benefited your application for the graduate scheme Uh, and also to draw on some of those elements in your work now so in terms of like um children in care you know substance misuse um experiences of homelessness you know i'm sure a lot of the children and people and families that you work with now um are experiencing you know a whole range of issues and problems that you will be more aware of um, and can think about the different support networks that they might need and just kind of giving you as you said earlier that empathy as well for the people that you know these services are supporting. Yeah. so to bring it back together then so looking at your current role now, mm. if you were to offer three pieces of advice for someone interested, in a role like you
1: are doing, what would it be? Take each day as it comes. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't plan for tomorrow, you really can't. You, you, All the best laid plans will fall apart at the last minute and you always have to be prepared to think on your feet when it comes to this job. Because, you know, we, we've had situation with food not turning up on time, buildings not being open, um staff running late you know we we, we we have issues all the time right and it's not the issue that's the problem it's how you deal with the issue that becomes the problem so you have to be able to think on your feet and and have solutions um at the drop of a hat um i think the second thing is is use the time the downtime to actually get out and see the young people because a lot of this job is admin based and you know there's nothing gives you that feel good feeling like actually going out to your camps for quality assurance or whatever it is speaking to the parents speaking to the children and seeing the benefit of what it is that you do all the hard work because it really is a hard job and it's really intense but seeing the young people saying I'm having a wonderful time or the food was brilliant or I'm coming back next season really drives you to continue to do this role and it makes your job worth living because again I think sometimes when people say they want to work with children, young people, they always think they're going to be on the front line, but a lot of the work is done behind the scenes. So when you get the opportunity to go out there, go and and grasp it and and get to speak to the young people. Um, And I think thirdly, um, always think about the next stepping stone. So I've come into this role and I've loved every minute of it. And I have really seen the massive changes that have happened over this course that I've been here from from this time that I started when we were booking our own venues and booking our own staff and and everything else to now actually be in a position where we are enabling providers to book their own venues and hire their own staff and then do everything and become really independent and make the project more sustainable and now I'm thinking now that I've come in here and I've made these changes with the rest of the team I don't do it on my own What's next? Because there's only so long you can continue to to grow within a position. So now I'm already at the stage where I'm not ready to jump ship and leave tomorrow. But I am thinking ahead six months, twelve months. Where do I want to be? Do I want to be managing the project? You know, I'm a coordinator. I'm not a, a line manager. Do I want to be managing the project as a whole and the people underneath it, or? do I now want to explore something else in children and family services? Because as a council, they hire, you know, I think 4,000 plus people and children and family services is a statutory service. So there's plenty of jobs out there. Um, and as you know, okay, in my five and 10 year plan, I'm, I'm looking at doing an MA. So I'm currently going to kind of plug it for you. It's the university of East London, but I'm sure you'll have something similar. I'm looking at doing my MA in children and young people services. So, um, yeah because that will give me the next level that i potentially need to be on the next pay grade and to be at live manager level
0: oh how exciting oh best of luck with your masters have you applied
1: i'm on two minds whether to apply for this september or january so i'm uh yeah i'm I'm just deliberating because as you know my, my son is now six going gonna be seven next year so i'm I'm thinking, do I want to start uni as he starts schooling again back at school in September, or do I want to get him back into school in September and then start uni in the January? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a, yeah, not necessarily a right answer. And, uh, <laughs> be, uh, yeah, it would be really interesting to hear how you get on with that if you decide to do it. And then one of the other questions that um, people are always interested in is in money. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of your um, role as part of Barnet Council, um, what pay grade are you on within that?
1: So my pay grade um, falls under J. Um, I do need to caveat that with as a national role, it depends on which council you're working for and what part of the country. So because I'm based in London, I'm classed as uh, an outer London borough my pay is not quite necessarily what you'd get in an inner London borough, but it's not the same pay that you get out of London either. So I'm under pay grade J, which I believe it's like somewhere between opportunity to end somewhere between 40 and 50 K, which is, for me, keeps me and my son comfortable. And also um, a massive step up from where I was, six years ago when i was working for a corporate bank in customer services i i calculated it the other day since going to uni becoming a graduate and being in the role that i'm in now my salary has doubled in the last six years so wow. yeah, massive massive change um from what i was what i was earning before so
0: well, I feel like that's a really good point to end on because that's <laughs> uh, a really, really positive, impactful point, isn't it? And I think it does just show, doesn't it, that, you know, at whatever stage you decide to go to university, you can make that career change. And, 100. you know, it's about seeking out those opportunities. You know, the volunteering really seemed to make a big difference for you. The placements was part of a course. Um, and just being, you know, really proactive you were involved in so many different things (laughs) um, and just really eager to to learn um, to get out there and you know just to give things a go and as you said earlier to decide whether you liked it or not and you know lots of really valuable learning as part of that three-year degree
1: yeah. And, and you um, can't always see it yeah. at the time though when you're in it when you're in the thick of it you can't see what you're gaining from it it's only after you left and you start to use those transferable skills which I used to think are transferable skills it's just a buzzword no it really actually exists <laughs> um yeah you, you can't see it when you I, I was ready to quit at the beginning I was like nah this is not for me they put me in the wrong role I'm ready to leave um but with the support of the other graduates especially they, they kept to be here and yeah now like I said I use a lot of the transferable skills that I learned in the first placement that I couldn't um that I'm using now. So Well,
0: wish you the best of luck if you do decide to do the MA and for um how your kind of career progresses over the next few years. Um is there anything else that you'd like to add before we finish? Uh, I think
1: I think the only thing I'd probably like to add is when you're at uni, whether it's year one, two or three, it will it, it, it will fly by it will. It feels like it's lasting forever, especially when you're doing your dissertation during COVID. It feels like it's never going to end, but it will pass you by so, so fast. And, you know, as well as the placements, as well as the amazing lecturers, the amazing friends that you have, it really is something that will change you. Um, Like I said, I started at 29, I graduated at 33, and yeah, 33 because of the COVID year. And, um, i'm just not the same person i was um and a lot of that has to do with every single element of of the course that i took and i'm really actually so pleased that i chose this degree instead of a vocational degree because it's opened me up to so many more opportunities compared to my friends who did their degrees 10 15 years ago um that felt like they kind of not using their degree because they're not doing exactly what it was that their degree was meant to to give them um friends Mm -hmm. have to marketing degrees that now work in finance and things like that and i I know with my degree i could pretty much walk into anything and say it's going to be relevant it's always going to benefit me no matter what i choose to do in the future
0: oh that's lovely thanks so much charlie Thank you so much for listening to the episode i hope you found it informative and inspiring please share the podcast with others that you think might find this useful and feel free to connect with us on instagram